The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. We are going to be returning now to that issue of housing because there is a protest kicking off at 1pm today in Parnell Square in Dublin protesting about the housing crisis and it is um, across all of the papers today discussions about what can be done because we have been told now that the figures have gone to more than roughly 11,500 people in emergency uh, accommodation and 3,500 children in emergency accommodation which makes those figures as high as they have ever been despite the fact that apparently the kitchen sink has been thrown at this problem over the last number of years. With us is Paul Murphy, People Before Profit TD for Dublin Southwest, and Dr Rory Hearn, author of Gaffs and Assistant Professor in Social Policy at Maynooth University. Paul, let me start with you. There is evident consensus across the entire political spectrum that this is a problem that needs to be solved. The manner of that solution seems to be the problem. What's the answer? Yeah, the, the government treats this as a problem which has to be be solved by incentivizing developers and landlords. So that the heart of all the government's interventions on housing is to get the private sector to do something. So a billion euros a year, a third of the total housing budget goes on things like HAP and RAS, which is money given by the state to private landlords. Then they have schemes like the Help to Buy scheme, which are kind of explicitly about keeping house prices high for the benefit of developers. Then there's schemes like Cree Conaghe, which are about, they call, closing the viability gap by giving developers up to over €100,000 for each apartment they're delivering in certain areas. So you have this massive reliance on the private sector to deliver and attempt to incentivise the private sector to deliver, as opposed to just saying we have this horrendous situation, record levels of homelessness, record levels of rent, record house prices, and the state needs to intervene. So the state needs to intervene to use the vacant houses, let's say, use it or lose it, Within six months, we know that there are at least 50,000 homes that have been vacant for six years or more. In total, there's about 160,000 homes that are vacant. If they're not used within six months, let's CPO them and let's use them to home people. As That's quite an immediate thing. Let's have rent controls that actually bring rents down to an affordable level, as opposed to at the moment we supposedly have rent controls, but rents continue to rocket at a rate of over 10% a year. And let's actually have the state build public homes on a massive scale. Like that's the answer. Now, that, that's the critical part, of course. I mean, not, not that the others would not be significant contributors, but that bit of make the actually start building homes. Now, to, to what degree is that the same thing wearing a different hat? Because ultimately, the people who are going to pour the concrete and who are going to um, um, put in the steel and do all the rest of it, that's going to be private sector workers. So the fact that the state pays them directly rather than paying them through development companies or developers, does that make much difference? Well, y- yes, it would. I mean, one thing I'd say is that we actually need to have a state construction company to strip out that level of profit. But the problem at the moment is the state is in a hands-off way trying to incentivize these companies to engage in that. But at the moment, a very large percentage of our construction workers are engaged in building office blocks, in building hotels, in building, th- in building very high like priced accommodation that is out of reach for most people and doesn't have an impact on the supply of actually affordable homes. So the whole thing is being distorted by profit and the profits are extraordinary. I mean, the likes of Glenvey, Cairn Homes, they're making huge 
profits. They're sitting on huge amounts of, of land because the value is continuing to go to go up. So all of this is distorted by saying we're going to housing is basically a commodity. We're going to allow people to make profit out of it, as opposed to saying housing is a right. That's that's the basic starting point, and that right for people to have a quality home should come before the right of landlords but, to maximise. But their I'm still stuck on that bit, Paul. Of how do you get? Let's. I mean, let's say I'm I'm a, a construction worker and I'm working for Glenvey as case in point. Yep. If I'm going to work for the state, you're either going to have to pay me more than they are willing to pay me and poach me away to a state company or you're going to have to pay the uh, builder, the company itself to construct these homes. So we're essentially still back in the same thing where we need the same set of workers and the same set of companies to build the properties. But at the moment the state isn't even paying the developers to build the homes in most cases. Instead the state is hoping that the the companies are going to build homes and then are are going to try and buy up 10% or 15% of those homes. But the companies may say well we're going to build office blocks, we're going to build hotels, we're going to build other things as opposed to homes. And so the state needs, needs to intervene and say it's a priority that we build like used to happen in the 70s and early 80s, you know, 9,000 homes were built a year, social housing. We need to build social housing estates that are properly facilitated, have proper infrastructure, services and so on. Dr. Rory Hearn is with us. He's author of GAFS and Assistant Professor in Social Policy at Maynooth University. Rory Hearn, is it that simple? I think that it is not simple. It is complex. But there are things that could be done that would move this on much quicker. And you know, I have analysed, you know, housing policy over the last 10 years. And the reality is I see no real change. If you look at rebuilding Ireland with the previous government's plan, um, it was essentially based, as Paul sets out there, largely based on the market and trying to essentially um, figure out, because obviously the, the construction industry was collapsed after the financial crisis, um, and it wasn't just about the construction industry, it was also about property prices. And, and it is important we go back to, and I know listeners are probably sick of hearing it, but like the likes of NAMA and you know, what was government doing then and what has policy been about trying to do? And in many ways, it was about trying to recover the banks. It was about trying to increase property prices again. And if we look at housing for all as a policy, it is largely the same as rebuilding Ireland. And even, you know, the Minister for Housing accepted during the week that the numbers are actually too low. The target of 33,000 is is too low, that we need to be more towards 40,000. And the reason why I'm saying that is because, you know, you said earlier that they're throwing the kitchen sink at this. I don't agree that they are actually throwing the kitchen sink at this. If you look at, um, for example, the issue of not declaring it an emergency, if they had declared it an emergency, which it is, um, both a social and economic one, you know, when schools can't get teachers and, you know, hospitals can't get nurses because they can't afford to, to get a home of their own and we've, you know, a record number of children been traumatised in homelessness, this is an emergency. Um, there are things the government do, like, for example, the EU fiscal rules can be suspended, we can borrow more, we can do things like use land to build rapidly, um, and you know, but can I, have, can I go, um, Roy, to the, the thing that um, Paul Murphy was saying earlier on, and it, it is it it is aligned with what others on the left have been saying, like Owen O'Brien in, in um, Sinn Féin's case in point, which is in essence take the state money and pay people to build houses. It seems like a fairly clear and simple move. Is there some complexity that prevents that working? I don't think so. No, I think the complexity is that the government has been unwilling to really challenge the market. I, I think that they, they are, we know, you know, they meet developers, 
the investor funds regularly, I think they're heavily, we know they're heavily lobbied by them. And I think they've been stuck, as I describe it, in like a, an ideological straitjacket that they themselves can't see any other way than how it has been done in the last kind of 20 years of developers and increasingly, you know, now investor funds. And we've heard that argument over and over. Oh, we need these investor funds because how will we provide housing? And you go, of course we can provide housing. You contract. um, And this, you know, you were asking the question, how would we do this quickly? You would contract the private builders who are there. You would, and, and they're different from developers. Developers and builders are different. You have building companies the likes of Fisk, the like of Paul, who are doing, doing the actual building. The state could contract those to build homes. And as Paul is rightly saying, they are doing things like bu- building hotels, building short-stay accommodation. There is capacity there. But Paul is also right to say, and as I have argued, we do need a state construction company because a really important point is that construction workers at the moment are largely self-employed. So they're not actually even employed directly by even the builder. And so there's a lot of construction workers who are emigrating now because they don't see a possibility of getting a home of their own. They're also working in other areas within the economy because they're, they don't want to work now, in sorry, an Rory, can I just check because industry. Indeed, tech saying though, a state construction company, the idea is neither realistic nor credible. I assume what you are suggesting is a state entity that hires in construction workers or building companies. Or are you suggesting that there be thousands of construction workers in the direct employ of the state? I'm, I'm saying we need thousands of construction workers publicly employed on a permanent basis. Just like, because I think the fundamental flaw we have made is we have allowed the essential provision of the provision of the essential human need of a home to be outsourced to the market. We don't do that in education or health. We don't say our education or health system is dependent on whether someone, uh, a business thinks it is viable or not to provide it. We guarantee it essentially as a human right. People can access education and health. We need to do the same in housing. We need to have Indeed, some way... Indeed, but we don't keep construction workers on the books to build the hospitals. No, but we keep our teachers and our nurses who are the equivalent of construction workers in housing because they are the ones who guarantee its provision. Well, let Just me put doctors uh, and nurses and teachers are. One issue within this, Paul, to you, a text saying, nothing has ever been more efficiently delivered by the state or public sector than the private equivalent. And call it what it is, only newly built uh, rents are rising as protection for the caps they will experience. The average is being dragged up because affordable rental properties are leaving and the government is too scared to be seen to try to stop small landlords leaving. Of course, homeless figures are rising. On the issue of rent caps, mm-hmm. one of the things that comes in whenever we discuss this is the is the and pop landlord mm-hmm. who end up bearing the brunt of such a rent cap. What of them? We have nothing against small landlords. Um, if small landlords want to exit the market, um, that's absolutely their right. Um, that will create a problem for the tenant. And so the state should step in in all those circumstances. But that is to suggest a, that they, the that rate. is to suggest that that is a flat choice. They wake up one morning and decide I don't like being a landlord. The reality is if you do something like put in place a rent cap while their costs continue to rise, you squeeze them out of the market potentially at a significant loss. Well, they're able to sell at market rate and they should. the state should step in 
by a market rate, particularly in circumstances where people are faced with uh, eviction. You have a number of situations right now where mass evictions are due to take place in the next number of months. We're trying to put pressure on the state to say, look, this makes no sense at all. These are these are evictions on grounds of sale. The state should step in and, and buy. I mean, we, we previously had a piece of legislation to say that sale should not be a ground for eviction. It isn't in other countries. You have to sell, for example, as happens with commercial tenancies, with tenants in situ. Um, but the, the problem is not, like they like to go on about landlords leaving the market. They, they don't take the homes with them. They don't pack them up into a bag and go. The house is still in Ireland. Um, so if the state steps in and buys them, well then that keeps the tenant in situ and it adds to the public housing stock. Final thing, a concern that's coming in a lot by text is, is one along these lines. Please don't build large public housing developments. The social problems these cause is catastrophic. We know it doesn't work anywhere in the world. Don't go down that road again. Another, please don't do this because of the risk of ghettoization. Is that not still the case or risk with housing estates that would have previously been known as council estates. Is there is there any concern in that that if you do build en masse at speed that what you build is ghettos? No, if you, if you build en masse at speed and you don't provide infrastructure, you don't provide transport, you don't provide schools, you don't provide creches, you don't provide playgrounds, then you're going to have problems. But if you build en masse Social housing, we, we think we should get rid of the cap for social housing entirely so that everybody should be able to access social housing on the basis of a differential rent. So it's a percentage, 10% or 15% of people's income. Then you have mixed income neighbourhoods based on public uh, housing, but you make sure that they have proper facilities. Paul Murphy, People Before Profit TD for Dublin Southwest and Dr. Rory Hearn, uh, author of GAFS and Assistant Professor in Social Policy at Maynooth University. Thank you both very much. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.